0: Welcome to Building a Better World, a podcast that investigates the intersection of the metaverse and how we can apply these technologies to improve people's real lives and enhance humanity. The metaverse is more than a web of networks. It is an unfathomable life-shaping tool. And we, our friends, are here to dive headfirst into the way these technologies can improve our life and the world around us. I'm your host, Rish Blatlikar. Get ready to discover how we can build a better world in three, two, one. Hey, Jacob, how's it going? It's great to have you today on the Building a Better World podcast. Great to see you here.
1: Hey, Ursh, thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Yeah, today I'm thrilled to introduce Jacob Meyer, who's the head of marketing at Metaverse HQ. Jacob brings a wealth of experience to the table, having worked with startups and Fortune 100 companies in sales, business development, and team leadership. He's passionate about emerging technology, fostering communication, and challenging the status quo to promote growth. Jacob, it's great to have you here, and I'm excited to hear your insights on the topic we'll be discussing today.
1: Yeah, looking forward to talking. Let's get right into it.
0: Awesome. You know, I'd love to hear a bit about your career and kind of, you know, your background and kind of what led you to Metaverse HQ and why you're passionate about that mission.
1: Yeah, definitely. I would say I started my career in sales and business development. I really liked the ability to you know, really kind of be the champion of your own success, you know, that you kind of get what you put in, you get out what you put into it. So I really like that being able to do more to achieve more, and not really be sort of unbound in the heights there. And from there, I went more into kind of product management and growth in that sense. So I worked for a health tech startup, And I was really excited to, you know, push the healthcare industry forward. And I wanted to use kind of my love for technology and innovation to really make a lot of bounds and strides there. You know, there's a lot of people still doing things on paper and a lot of very outdated ways. But I kind of quickly realized that there was a lot of red tape in that industry and it was very hard to push things forward. And I knew I wanted to be somewhere more fast paced and more on the cutting edge of technology. So that was when I really just decided in my life that if I wanted to be happy, if I wanted to be successful and go to, you know, push myself to my full potential, I had to just dive into kind of crypto and blockchain because that's where I saw, you know, the world going. That's where I thought the the cutting edge was. And from there, I explored a lot of different opportunities. I was looking for something more traditional originally. So like for a more established kind of brand, like an Alchemy that provides, you know, infrastructure to developers and things like that, or a blockchain foundation like Near. So I tried out a few contract positions at, at those companies, and it still felt a little too corporate for me, not exactly the perfect fit. And then once I found Metaverse HQ, I really found it as a member initially just through my interest in the blockchain and interest in NFTs. And that was where I kind of just fell in love, started spending all my time and was actually making more money just trading NFTs in the early days than I was at my full-time position and eventually i just had the courage and the you know forethought to really just dive in full time and yeah from there it's been history
0: awesome awesome and from kind of being in the space now and having the opportunity to kind of work with partners and companies what would you say is kind of the the biggest kind of goals or vision that you have for how we you know get the the mainstream in and kind of how do we how do we kind of grow this movement of the metaverse? Yeah, I think
1: like the biggest goals and the easiest way to make things mainstream is really just to make it as easy as possible and as simple for people to interact and understand and see real value just by providing like actual use cases that make sense for them and not making it some speculative technology or some huge deal, just making it something that they're familiar with, like interacting with a payment platform or a ticketing service or buying an online good or buying a digital collectible in a game. It doesn't have to be some groundbreaking experience with NFTs, you know, plastered all over it. It just needs to be something that provides value to their life and is easy for them to understand. And that's really where We're going to see mainstream adoption is when people don't even know that they're using the technology and that it's just something that they would do normally for their life rather than them going out on a limb and trying something new there's always going to be the people that are you know the early adopters and want to be the guinea pigs to try things and they're going to go jump through hoops and things to, to do that but in order to get mainstream adoption you need to get the the other tail which is going to be the people that are, you know, just comfortable doing what they know and and trying to just provide value for themselves.
0: Can you give me some examples of of what you think of those use cases are? I'd love to hear some of your, your thoughts on that. We're very focused at SuperWorld in exactly that, which is, you know, how do we clarify and crystallize for business owners how they can utilize a platform like Superworld to bring real world utility to themselves and their business and to their real life. Well, what are some things that you talk to clients about in terms of use cases for the metaverse?
1: Yeah, well, right now, in terms of like actually practically talking with clients, it's usually not about these sort of topics. There are, you know, larger clients with more established kind of brands and who have existing footings in Web2 that are thinking about these things kind of longer term. Like maybe Starbucks is a good example of, you know, having different loyalty programs and providing value through NFTs like that through different, you know, activations. But I think like at the simplest level, gaming is obviously kind of the the easiest parallel in terms of there's just an obvious like activation that will eventually happen where, you know, all the games that you play right now, League of Legends is a perfect example where there's not really a pay to win mechanic or it's not like everything needs to be an NFT in terms of the actual game, but the things like skins or cosmetics and, you know, different items being able to, one of the most frustrating things right now is not being able to actually trade or interact with your friends. And like, if I have a skin for a character that I don't use, you know, that's completely useless to me. And it's kind of random that, I, that I'm able to get those through the game right now. And being able to trade that and actually own that or just gift it even for free to my friends would be, you know, a great value just so that they can enjoy the game more and then I can potentially get something in return. So that actual ownership of the item adds a lot of value to the game. But right now that's not possible. And the, the problem with getting existing companies to, to make the leap and do that is that they're not really incentivized to do that right now because they can just sell more skins and make more money without it. But eventually, I believe that people will kind of crack a model or take that next leap. And it will drive users to that new game if it's compelling enough. And then others will be forced to kind of follow the model like we've seen with free to play games where, you know, initially people thought the only way to make money on a game was charging $60 for it. Now there are tons of games where it's actually free to play but they make more money by selling these cosmetic items and kind of in-game activations.
0: Yeah, you know, I think the the gaming industry as it relates to utilizing the assets that we spend time on in a game and being able to, again, take all of that time and energy spent and be able to, to potentially take that to other places to have that as part of your identity, maybe have that as part of a... A portfolio of you know assets that you can potentially sell in the future, and you can accrete value to is is very interesting to us as well. And I think it's a great great use case. In gaming is a category itself, obviously, and and that's for many people a way that they think that people are going to get into the metaverse, right? I mean, like one of the the things that a lot of people say is, you know, gaming is, is, you know, a route to kind of mass adoption of this technology or the technologies here. And I, and I agree with that in some ways. I also think that a lot of this technology is going to be adopted through abstraction of the technology itself, and really looking at the benefits of the technology, whether you're talking about ticketing, whether you're talking about digital fashion, whether you're talking about e-commerce, so there's a lot of different kind of categories in addition to gaming, which I think is it w- is interesting. So I, I'm glad you brought up a, you know a variety of different kind of use cases there. Gaming is is a great one too. And the reason I'm asking this question is, like a lot of people think of the metaverse and they and they think that it kind of is a certain category of person that's into this or getting into this already and gamer is like a you know an easy kind of way of thinking about that category what other type of people besides gamers do you think are naturally kind of inclined to understand these technologies and want to be able to adopt these technologies in your real life and the reason i'm asking you that is you know business owners want to attract certain demographics. And gamers is one category of a demographic they want to attract. But are there, are there other demographics that you think that businesses or business leaders want to kind of go after who are attracted naturally to the metaverse?
1: Yeah, I think taking a step back, you know, when we think of the, the metaverse, it's, it's kind of like a a very misunderstood term or, or very kind of nebulous. Like there's no real right or wrong answer for what is the metaverse. I don't think there's like a clear definition, at least at this point. Like I would consider us being on Zoom right now. You know, we, we're technically in the metaverse, right? Like anything kind of online interaction with another human or, or kind of now now we have all these AI stuff going on as well. So I, I think that just really connecting virtually is what I kind of consider the base layer of the metaverse. There's a lot of things on top of that. But in terms of what kind of user that attracts, I really think it's just about people that are, you know, very curious about what kind of new technology can bring. And that can be through various different applications, like in business or just you know, for providing more goods and services to the world. I think that if we're gonna talk about, you know, like use cases, for example, you know, gaming's its own category. But if you want to go down to just like if you're looking at like someone with a wallet or web three sign on, I think that like provides tremendous value and people don't really see it or understand until you really feel it. Right now, you know, to log in like with web two, you know, you have like a Google account or you have your phone number. And, you know, you kind of have to to sign in that way throughout anything. But with your Web3 wallet, being able to have that one click sign on, being able to store your data and your assets across all these different platforms and have them be able to interact with your information um, natively and choosing what information you're actually giving them rather than them owning that themselves is a really cool way and something that applies to anyone who touches you know any consumer facing app across the, the internet. And once there's more kind of utility or ways to interact like messaging apps and you know social media that's tied directly to your web3 wallet, it just kind of opens the world for for possibilities. And you know what's different from having a string of numbers and letters like a wallet address versus a phone number. Until you add that to your contacts list, it really doesn't make too much of a difference there. So it's not something that's unfamiliar to people or that we haven't done before. And it's just taking that next step to build the infrastructure to support those types of models. But to answer your questions about the users, I, I think it's really just about people that are you know, super curious right now. Like I said, I think we just need more actual infrastructure to use these tools and to make it accessible to people. And then, you know, they can see those tor- sorts of benefits and they don't have to really go out of their way to access them or, or use them.
0: Yeah, I think that makes a, a lot of sense and kind of how we're, we're thinking about it as well as really how do we make it useful and really easy to get on board? How, how do we reduce the hurdles of a, just a mainstream user to get into the metaverse and then and provide the tough- benefit?
1: It's a yeah. bit of like a chicken and egg situation too. Cause yeah. even if it is super frictionless, like yeah. just because it's easy to use doesn't necessarily mean like I need to use it, where it's like it's really hard to make, you know, a social media app for web three because there's so little network effect of, of people in web three. It's such a niche of people at the moment where why would I ever get off Twitter? That's where everyone already is. So it, it takes a while to have that shift where you have a compelling enough case where people will actually use it and have that sort of community and engagement there.
0: Yeah, the opportunity to kind of have that community engagement and aspect of You know, how do you enable people to not only onboard easy, but also to have this understanding of the benefit, but also have the ownership of that platform or that community or, you know, the ticket that they're buying, you know, whatever it is, they're able to kind of feel like they're a stakeholder. Mm -hmm. In that, I think is something that is very powerful here. And again, comes from Web3 that people need to understand. I always say that if you agree that we're all becoming more virtual, like in some of our activities, and and by the way, at SuperWorld, we're really about the real world, the physical world. But how do we use virtuality to improve that? But if you agree that, you know, parts of your life are becoming more virtual and you you enjoy that, how do you realize that you want to own that virtual aspect of your life and be able to, you know, have the opportunity to benefit from the time that you're spending in that virtual part of your life, just as you would do in your in your physical life yeah. and have that community. So, yeah, totally, totally uh, love that perspective. You know, the idea of of what's coming in terms of technology is also really intriguing to most people. I mean, you see what's happening with ChatGPT and ChatGPT4. What do you think the future is going to be? What's coming? I mean, what are you excited about in terms of hardware or software that's going to really accelerate the pace here?
1: Yeah, ChatGPT is a whole can of worms that I think is, you know, incredibly... Exciting, and there's a ton of other people working on similar things. Everyone's kind of, you know, the race to figuring out what the best model is there, but I think it'll be a continually evolving thing. And, you know, like you just said, GPT-4 just came out, and GPT-3.5 was already, you know, doing some incredible things. But we've seen that, you know, it can audit smart contracts for you, it can, you know, write legal documentation to sue people that are, you know, spamming your phone it can, you know, really do sort of almost anything that you ask of it. And I think that what's exciting for me is that people are worried about, you know, AI taking people's jobs, which will happen, I think is overall, uh, a good thing, because it can let people focus on, you know, hopefully more important things or things that humans are better at, or just reduce their time in, in jobs that aren't as valuable. But What's really exciting is that, you know, it's really just another tool to add to your toolbox. Where I think the people that will be most successful will be the ones that are leveraging that technology to do things quicker, to do things more efficiently, and it just lets you accomplish more. Where maybe if you're starting your own business, you need someone to help you make the website, you need mm-hmm. someone to help you with marketing, you need someone to help you with, you know, sales, you need a lot of other things. But with ChatGBT, maybe you can do accomplish all of those things with just yourself as long as you're, you know, able to use your, your virtual AI assistant to you know, help you get the foundation for the other things where they can build the website for you. They can, you know, help you make marketing materials or get you a list of people and leads to reach out to. And it just lets you be a lot more efficient with your time. And I think people are going to be start getting better and better with it. And I need to be better with it myself where you just really need to get in there and play around and think like, all right, I have these tasks to do for today instead of doing them how I normally would. How can I potentially use chat GBT to do those more efficiently or make them even more impactful? And then, yeah, really just learning from there and, and seeing what makes sense and what doesn't.
0: Yeah. I, heard a bit about what's coming with Chat GPT five. <laughs> uh, and you it's know four, the next one, right? Yeah, yeah. No. And then the Chat GPT five is gonna have 3D is what I heard. So that's going to be very, you know, applicable to to the metaverse and what we're building and, you know, what many people are building in the space. So I just can't wait. But this is coming super fast. So the opportunity to use, you know, AI to, you know, enhance your ability to create marketing or, you know, a website or to write and other things that we're doing every day is very exciting. So like, you know, I think that the evolution of these technologies as it happens more and more faster and they use each other to make more technology come. There's a really great book, uh, The Future is Coming Faster Than You Think by Peter Diamandis, which I really enjoyed. I want to kind of go into a couple of things in terms of kind of your life as well, just, you know, to get to know more about kind of what keeps you energized about this space, you know, when you're really into the future and you're into kind of, you know, evangelizing for new technologies, you got to keep your energy up and you got to be out and about and always kind of talking to people and, and thinking and reading. What are some things that you do in your daily life that kind of help you either get more and more motivated to kind of do what you do or help you kind of unwind and and focus or, you know, relax. Tell me, tell us more about kind of what you in your personal life do.
1: Yeah, I would say my job is, you know, usually extremely busy just with a ton of meetings. And that's what keeps me energized where, Internally, the meetings are are really powerful just because we have such a amazing group of individuals that just came together, you know, just by out of pure passion for for what we're building and and what we see the future as. So it's really exciting for me when we have internal meetings to just just get aligned and figure out, you know, what is that next step? How can we make progress and providing more value to our community and, and, you know, the world as a whole? And then for external meetings I get really excited because I get to see a ton of new products every day and it's easy to get discouraged at points because you know there's a lot of things where everyone's trying to find the right fit or provide value or just make some money and it doesn't always mean that they're going to come up with the you know next groundbreaking idea or their best product so there's a lot of most of the things we say no to and most of the things we don't actually move forward with just because we don't think it's ready or it's not the right product to accomplish the goal. But when you do find that one product or that one game that really just hits the nail on the head, that's what makes it all worth it. Like most recently, we just activated and, and kind of incubated Blur, which is the you know now the number one NFT marketplace in the world. And that was really exciting because it was just such an instant feeling of oh this is it this is what we've been waiting for they're they're solving the problems that we have as pro traders which is what a lot of our community consists of and making it a better experience for us to trade and just do our our daily lives and then you know you see the the team and how willing they are to listen to feedback and, and take our advice and move the product forward and it's just such a, a good synergy. And I know that there's gonna be so many more of these different products and activations that we see across the the next few years. So that's what really keeps me motivated is just, I know that there's always gonna be something new. There's always gonna be someone building something amazing. And I trust that we're so deeply ingrained at this point that we're gonna be the ones to, to find it. And even if we're not the first to find it, Will be you know the very close second just through our amazing network of people, and then I, I think because that people say you quit your nine to five to work twenty four seven, I think that's kind of it's pretty all encompassing of my time. So outside of that, I really just try to to relax. I watch a lot of reality TV. I play you know a lot of video games with with my friends, and I just try to kind of shut off my brain a little bit and you know, get, get away from it. And that helps me kind of refocus and, and think about things differently when I do come back. I also like taking walks late at night, which maybe is weird. I, I've got like a nice trail <laughs> outside my apartment. So oh. it's just super calming and peaceful. I feel like I'm kind of the only one in the world when I, I'm walking late at night. And it just helps me clear my head focus and just take deep breaths.
0: That's awesome. No, that's really important to uh, have an energizing group of people around you that are passionate about you know the mission that you're on. So that's that's great. And then. To be able to, you know, also to have kind of some meditative time, it looks like, from those walks to kind of realign your focus and, and to relax. And, and yeah, so that's pretty amazing. You know, I think that the technology here and, you know, the immersive tech and, and you know, other aspects of what we're building here as, as we relate to the metaverse, I think also can bring some of those benefits to us in, in our real life, something that we think a lot about at SuperWorld. I'll ask you one other question about, you know, this societal kind of aspect of this. You know, how do you think that as we evolve technology, as we start getting into use cases, as we get into other aspects of the the benefits of the metaverse and people's lives outside of gaming and real world utility, what do you think that day that you just described What's going to be different about that? Are you going to be taking those late night walks? I I sure will, just to be clear. I I like the physical world. But do you think most people are? Or do you think they're going to be going to the moon? Or do you think they're going to go into weightlessness? Or do you think, you know, are are they going to go on a trip because they all want to travel together and and you can do that with presence in you know virtual reality so just curious you know is there going to be changes in our day and we already see what zoom does right i don't we don't have to meet up in person to do this podcast what's going to change
1: yeah no i think you know sort of all of the above uh, depending on you know what you find interesting or, or what excites you or what you you know you just have fun doing i think like You know, VR right now, being able to sit courtside at at a Mavs game just through my glasses like that is a super compelling use case, you know, to be able, instead of having to, you know, buy tickets to a game and sit, you know, in the top row necessarily, or just, you know, deal with the traffic and go through all these things. So there there is definitely like benefits to to doing things virtually. And I think like VR chat right now is like a, a pretty excellent example where, You know, you'll have people meeting at these virtual bars and there'll be, you know, 10 foot tall ogres and like tiny little dwarves. And they can just represent themselves however they, you know, see most comfortable and interact with people that, you know, are are doing that the same. So I think like people will just be able to express themselves more and have, you know, deeper experiences with things that they, they would do naturally in the real world or that they wish they could do. But the virtual kind of habitat just reduces the friction for them to to kind of be their true selves. And I think, you know, the, the world seems to get a little bit weirder as people kind of embrace themselves. But I, I think it's that's just kind of a natural progression. And we'll be able to connect more deeply with smaller groups of people that, you know, really see the world how you do and, and just allow people to kind of truly be themselves and explore what that means. As people, I think like the, the physical world confines you a, a little bit more to kind of the status quo. But the, the virtual world really just allows you to, to, you know, be your true self and explore what that what that even means.
0: Yeah, kind of opens up possibilities that currently we might be restricted by space and 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 time and other things, and yeah. maybe we we can time travel even with some of these technologies and being able to see the world in different ways and interact with our surroundings and our friends in, in different different ways. So exactly. yeah, that's that's cool. Very interesting.
1: Exactly. I think yeah. that if you can dream it, it's possible. And yeah, we're, we're kind of seeing that. So. It's just it's a matter of time more than more than anything
0: yeah yeah it's it's super exciting i close up i want to ask you a couple of questions that are just more kind of understanding of what kind of excites you in in terms of technology and in this metaverse or in life in general if there's anyone in the world you know alive or in history that you would want to take to lunch, and you would want to ask, you know, questions to and learn from. Who would that be, and what would you want to know?
1: Yeah, I think I would honestly at this point, I would just really want to talk to. I'm in between two now. I think Elon Musk is just super interesting, and I'm a big fan of Tesla. You know, yeah. he's fell out a little bit of favor just with you know some of his recent happenings, and he's just trying to do do a lot and, and things like that, but. I think more accurately, I would want to talk to Vitalik, and just learn. Like, I'm just so curious how he was set on this path, how he, you know, started to to build out his vision for Ethereum and actually kind of achieve that. And I played World of Warcraft for you know the past 10 plus years, and I know that he kind of got his vision for Ethereum and decentralization because his class got nerfed or basically they made it weaker and he saw kind of the the power that the centralized entity had by making him less effective in the game and you know him wanting to to avoid that in building out ethereum so I'd just be really curious to pick his brain on what set him down that path what his you know overall vision was and how he actually kind of started to achieve that because it just you know it, it's incredibly impressive and has changed the world so much already and brought so many other people, you know, to, to try to innovate and compete with it as well, which is just going to make the best product overall. And yeah, I, I recently actually was able to meet his his dad in Denver, which was a, a surreal experience that just kind of happened. You know, he, he was just such a kind hearted and, you know, just interesting individual. So I would love to, to meet Vitalik.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome you say that. I had an opportunity to interview Dimitri, his father, Dima, on this podcast. So, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we had a great discussion and we went through that about yeah. the childhood. So, you should watch it. Definitely. And yeah, look for you know, Google his name and Superworld on on YouTube, and you'll find exactly that. We I was very that's curious perfect. about, yeah, very curious about those questions. So that, that's awesome that you bring that up. And at, he's a he's a great great example of someone I would also want to kind of learn about. You know, some of those motivations and what what he's excited about in the future. One last question uh, before we close today, and it's been a pleasure to kind of go in depth with you here on a variety of topics. You know, Superworld is a virtual world that covers the surface of the Earth enables you to buy virtual real estate anywhere on earth and become a stakeholder in those locations so you can build anything discover and monetize anything in the world any type of content 3d 2d audio so if there's a place in the world that you would want to buy a piece of virtual real estate where in the world would that be and what would you want to create there immersively or in integrating web3 what would be your kind of dream story or you know utility that you want to bring to that place
1: my mind just immediately went to vegas because that that just feels the most kind of like anything's possible kind of cyberpunky. If, if we're going like into the future and and like you know less rules and regulations but obviously there's less rules and regulations just inherently in the metaverse but i think i'd want to build like a theme park in vegas i'd want to build something super exciting lots of like interactive competitions and just thrills and an unforgettable experience when, whenever you go there. Uh, I want to build a, a crazy theme park in, in Vegas, I think.
0: Awesome. Yeah, Vegas is fun. I've lived in Vegas before, and I think they definitely would be open to another theme park. They always are. So <laughs> yeah. building in VR or AR in Vegas is very interesting. We have a lot of super citizens that own a lot of the strip, So... Lots of awesome places there to build in, in, in immersive tech in Web3. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much, Jacob, for being on today and sharing more of your story at Metaverse HQ. How can people find you if they want to learn about you and Metaverse HQ?
1: Yeah, if you want to find us, just go to Twitter at Metaverse underscore HQ, or you can go to our website, mvhq.io. And yeah, you can learn more about what it's like to partner with us and work with us on a collaboration level, or you know, if you're just an individual member, you can join the community and hopefully find uh, a lot of value just learning with everyone else and doing a lot of these partner activations, testing out kind of the, the latest technology and, and products in Web3
0: awesome yeah we'd love to partner with you at superworld so excited about having that conversation thanks again for being on a building a better world podcast and thanks for all that you do to build a better world at metaverse hq and in your life
1: yeah thank you hirsch and super excited to talk more
0: yep see you soon thanks thank you for listening to this episode of building a better world for more Search Building a Better World in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. On behalf of the team here at SuperWorld, thanks for listening.